Turn in your Bibles today, if you would, to Ecclesiastes uh, in the Old Testament, Ecclesiastes chapter 10. And uh, we've been on a journey together, getting unstuck in different areas uh, of our life. Uh, we've talked about getting unstuck in our family, getting unstuck in our future. Uh, we've talked about getting unstuck in our faith. Uh, within that series, we talked about having our mind renewed. One of the greatest ways that we will get unstuck in different areas of our life is, is by renewing our mind. And we talked about that. And uh, it's been a great series. I've been getting a lot of good feedback, whether that's emails people have sent or uh, those of you that have filled out the response cards saying, here's how God is working in my life. Some of you actually written down prayer requests and said, this is where I'm stuck in my life. And I would love prayer to get unstuck in that area of my life. And so we've been having a good time. Lots of good feedback. Lots of great response. Today we're going to talk about this getting unstuck in our finances. Okay, just, I, mean, I would hope that somebody would be excited about that. So today we're going to talk about getting unstuck in our finances. All right, okay. Because the reality is this, is that if statistics uh, play out to be true in our, in our setting right here, uh, the majority of us are in some sort of debt, okay? Uh, you, you are, you, you, whether it's credit card debt, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, a house praise Jesus, that's upside down, whatever it might be, that you find yourself today and you're in some sort of debt. That's just the reality of where our culture is at, where society is at. But here's the truth of God's word. God wants us to get unstuck in our finances. Amen? And so God wants you to be unstuck. God wants you to be somebody that has enough financial provision in your life that you could bless other people's Ecclesiastes Chapter 10, verse 19, then we're going to go back to Proverbs 22, 7, and then we're going to fast forward to Romans 13, 8. Ecclesiastes 10, verse 19, bread is made for laughter, and wine gladdens life. No amens? And wine gladdens life. See, some people are like, can I say amen to that in church? If I say amen, is, is pastor going to say something because I drink wine? Okay. And money answers everything. Wow, this is the Bible, okay? Money answers everything. God has some things to say about money in his word. Now go back with me to Proverbs 22, 7. Proverbs 22, 7 says this, The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is the slave to the lender. And the borrower is the slave to the lender. We are to be a slave to no one other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? But the borrower is a slave to the lender. Now go with me to the New Testament. Romans chapter 13. Verse 8. And it says this. Oh, no one... Anything. This is going to be a quiet service. Oh, no one, anything. Nothing, nada, no one, anything. Okay? Except to love each other. The one who loves another has fulfilled the law. How many guys wish that love paid the bills? Come on, somebody. <laughs> All right? Oh, no one anything except for that you love one another. But we all know that love don't pay the bills, right? We all know that when your mortgage is coming up, you call the bank and say, Hey, how you doing? I love you. 
<laughs> like, what you talking about? I mean, it's, it's, I, I love you. You still owe me money. I love you a lot, you know. Love don't pay the bills, right? Because money answers. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. God, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together that, God, you would just speak to us. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would use me by your grace to communicate uh, that which I believe you have laid on my heart today. And uh, that we would walk away with truths from your word that we could apply to our circumstances and see absolute change take place. God, I pray you convict us in areas that we need to be convicted. I pray you challenge us in areas that we need to be challenged. And I pray, God, that you would encourage us in areas that we need to be encouraged. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, uh, today we're talking about, about finances and so um, getting unstuck in our finances. I happen to own a property in Las Vegas uh, that I have rented out, and, uh, and so I have renters, um, but I got to be honest with you, there are sometimes uh, when it hits like the third of the month and the check hasn't come, I'm like, dear God, help me, okay? Could he at least call me and tell me he loves me and see if that works, you know? Um, and so, uh, so I came across, these are, these are true things that people said to their landlords uh, when it came time to pay the, uh, the rent. Here it is. Are you ready? You owe me money, okay? You're renting my house. Here's the reply. These are true. With my daughter's graduation, our new boat, and our trip to Europe this year, we're a little strapped. <laughs> Does anybody see a problem in that equation? Okay. How about this one? I'm getting real tired of paying this rent every month. You'll have to wait a few more days. <laughs> wow. Okay. I like this one right here. We're a little short right now, but don't worry. We're getting a refund on my wife's tattoo. The artist messed up, and we're getting back most of the money. Well, I like this one. It's really good right here. I didn't pay the rent because I'm saving up to move to a new place. Ouch. I didn't pay you what I owe you because... The Bible has a lot to say about money. As a matter of fact, out of the 39 parables in the New Testament, 11 of those parables deal directly with finances, directly with money, okay? Uh, there's one subject that Jesus had to say the most on, and that's the kingdom of God. Jesus talked about the kingdom of God more than anything in the Bible, but second to that was finances, okay? And now if you look at the way he talked about the kingdom of God in the Bible, many of the times he compared the kingdom to financial situations. And so finances is talked a lot in the Bible. But here's what we need to understand, okay? The majority of the time that Jesus talked about finances, it wasn't in a good context, okay? It wasn't in the context. Here's, here's the problem a lot of times we talk about church, our money in church, okay? It goes to two extremes, you have the prosperity message, okay, where if you're a believer, then you should just be rich and abundant and be loaded and, and be driving a Mercedes, okay? Now, if you drive a Mercedes, I don't, okay? Take me for a ride. I would, I would enjoy that, okay? If you own a Mercedes, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that unless you're paying $749 a month in a lease. That's dumb, okay? <laughs> All right? Okay? But it's been taken to this extreme, and so there's this extreme over here, Okay? Does God want you blessed? Yes. I believe it's very clear in the context of Scripture. Okay? But there's a difference between being blessed and rich. Is it wrong to be rich? No. As long as you master the riches and the riches don't master you. Okay? 
But when we talk about being blessed here at Urban Church, I am not talking about a prosperity gospel message that, man, if you're a believer, man, name it and claim it. Man, you should be the richest people on the planet. If that happens, awesome. God gave you a gift to accumulate wealth, but there's a purpose to that wealth. Okay? But I believe that for every believer, he does want us blessed. What is blessed in the context of Urban Church? All of your needs are met, and you have a little extra to give away. Simple. Okay? That means if you're somebody that's making $1,000 a month, you can still be blessed. Because you've learned to live within your means, not within your credit, praise Jesus. Okay? You've learned to live within your means. That means I'm, I'm spending $800, you know, and I'm giving, you know, that would be if you're making $1,000, you know, I'm giving 100 in tithe, you know, and I'm spending the rest of my bills, but I have some extra left over and I can bless somebody, okay? That's, that's what we're talking about here at Urban Church. But then there's this other extreme that goes all, all, all the other way that talks about how, as believers, we should be the most meek financially and, and we should not have an abundance, you know, and we should live, you know, below and, and poor. No, that's not what the Bible says, Okay. I believe the Bible is balanced on every subject, including the one of finances. See, people, when they come to church, sometimes they get offended that the church is talking about finances. But we've got to understand, it's the second most talked about topic by Jesus in the New Testament. Okay? Why is that? Because the Bible says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay? That's why we read scriptures today that, that talk about Romans 13, 8. Don't owe anybody anything. Why? Because the borrower is the slave to the lender, okay? The borrower. Then what happens now is we are working a job, okay? Not to, not to use the finances to further the kingdom, but we are working a job so that we can get some money so that we can pay off the people that we borrowed from, okay? But we shouldn't owe them anything more than a big old hug. Come on, somebody. Isn't that what Romans says, Okay? So we want to look at finances today. One out of every seven verses in the Gospel of Luke talks about money. One out of every seven, okay? But the Bible says this in Matthew 6, 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, right? Where moth and rust can destroy it. But lay up for yourselves treasures in, in heaven, okay? How do we lay up? Treasures in heaven. Well, it, it's tied back to what we do here on earth. How we live our life. The testimony that we share with others. Okay? And that goes back even to finances. If we have a proper understanding of, of what the scripture says about finances, it's okay to accumulate wealth here as long as that wealth gets directly pointed back in what God wants. So therefore, it literally lays up treasures in heaven. Are you with me this morning? Okay? Once again, it's okay to master finances, master riches, master wealth, as long as those things don't master you, okay? You cannot become a slave. But listen to this one, Mark 10, 17. Mark 10, 17, we won't read it. I'll just paraphrase. It talks about a guy that we know as the rich, young ruler. You read that one before? If not, jot it down in your notes. Go read it later. There's this, there's this young man, apparently he has a lot of wealth, and, and he wants to do something of kingdom importance, Okay? So he's starting to catch it, right? He's starting to get a revelation. He's starting to get an understanding. And he approaches Jesus, and he talks about all the things he's done and, and what he wants to do. And Jesus looks at him and says, there's one thing that you lack. Okay, what is it? Tell me I'm in. And Jesus says this. 
Go and sell everything you own and then go give that all away. Okay? Now, it would have been a great story if the, if the rich young ruler was like, sweet, done, I'm following you. The Bible says this, he turns and he walks away sorrowful because he had great possessions. Okay? He owned a lot. He had a lot of stuff. Okay? Here's the context of the scripture. He was not master of the finances. Finances was the master of him. So when Jesus said this, listen to me, I believe with all my heart that if he would have just stepped in in faith and said it's a done deal, that maybe God would have came back and, or Jesus would have came back and said, all right, and I'm going to give you greater blessings. What does the Bible say? Give and it will be, Luke 6, 33, it will be given back to you, Okay. That's a principle. The context is forgiveness, but the principle works in every area of the kingdom. Give, it's going to be given back. Okay? I mean, think back to the Old Testament about a man named Abraham. Abraham in the Old Testament was one of the richest people named in the Old Testament. He had large amounts of money. He had flocks. He had men. He had his own army. This was a well-off dude. Okay? And he's loaded. God gives him a son. The son's name is Isaac. Isaac grows up, he's going to be a teenager, and, G- and God says, hey, I want you to go take your one and only son, I want you to sacrifice him on the altar. Okay? What was he doing? He was testing Abraham's heart. Abraham comes, the one thing he don't want to give up, but he comes, lays him on the altar, is about ready to literally slay his son. And God says, stop! And he gives a provision, a ram in the thicket. So you all know the story? Okay? Could have it been that way with the rich young ruler? The rich young ruler would have said, okay, everything, I'm all in. Okay? Because here's what we're talking about when we're talking about getting unstuck. Through this whole entire series, here's what we're talking about. Moving forward in my life because I give God complete control. In my relationships, complete control. In my family, in my future, in my finances. I'm giving God complete control, therefore I can move forward and I can get unstuck. Because here's the reality, ladies and gentlemen, God wants you to be in a position to bless other people. He wants to set you up as his kingdom son and his kingdom daughter to where you are not the borrower, and check this out, and you're not even the lender. Because I believe with all my heart, as Christians, we should never lend, we should always give. Why should we put people in a position that God doesn't want us in? Well, now if somebody, if you give somebody some money and they come back to you another time and they say, hey, I remember that one time you gave me something, I want to give this back to you. Well, okay, awesome. But we should never, man, we should be in a position where people come and they say, man, I'm in need. Could I borrow some money? No, you can't. But I'll give you some money. Okay? And obviously you, you, you use wisdom with that. And you find out what they're using that for. And are you with me? Okay. We're not here to bail people out of continual dumb decisions. Okay. But we use wisdom. Right. Okay. God wants us to be in that position. But we're not in that position. Why? Well, because we've been trying to keep up with the Joneses. You ever heard that saying before? Trying to keep up with the Joneses. What the Joneses forgot to tell you is that they're in debt. That's what they forgot to tell you. You're looking over there, and you're checking out the Joneses. And, oh, man, they got a new car. I got to get a new car. Oh, they put a new swimming pool in. I got to put a new swimming pool in. 
okay? But they're just racking up debt, okay? I, I love this statement by Dave Ramsey. If you've read any of his material, okay, no matter what you think about the guy, whatever, I mean, he's got some great stuff. Check this out. We buy things we don't need with money we do not have to impress people we do not like. Right? We, we buy things we don't need. Come on, ladies. You don't need that many shoes. Hitting too close to home. I mentioned it the first service, and it just went. Burp. He obviously don't understand nothing about my wardrobe. Right? We buy shoes we don't need with my husband's money he don't have. Come on, somebody. To impress other ladies I don't even like. <laughs> it's sitting too close to home, right? Okay. But think about how often do we do that? How often do we spend money on things we don't need, really with money we don't have? And really when it comes back to it, the reality, here's, here's what I've learned, okay, about, about American Christianity, is that we would rather look blessed than be blessed. We would rather look like we're blessed. Now, they don't know I'm in debt. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, God's good. Okay? Rather than just walking out the process in faith and allowing God to bring a true blessing. We could just close in prayer right there. Okay. God wants you blessed. 3 John 1, 2 talks about that he wants us to prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. Remember prosperity, we're not talking about the, we're talking about that you have enough to pay your bills and some to give away, okay? And let me tell you this, every single one of us sitting in this room can get there, and that's where God wants you to live. God doesn't want you to just get there and achieve it, da-da-da-da, and then go back into debt. God wants you to get there, stay there, live there, and be a blessing to people. Good message, Pastor, thank you. Psalm 37, 21. Psalm 37, 21. It, it, it says this. It says, the wicked borrow, but the righteous give. Wow. Now, Pastor, are you saying that I can't even get a, a home loan? No, I'm not, I'm not saying that, okay? Okay? There are some things you can do to build credit, and, and I mean, there is another way, though. I mean, you could save for 30 years and then buy the home. It's true. You could. You could. As a matter of fact, if you put that in the right account, it'd actually yield more interest. And then you'll have, but by the time I get there, the house might be worth this much. Oh, well, by the time you get there, your money's going to be worth this much. Okay? But is there anything wrong with getting a home loan? No. Just be smart about it. Don't get a dumb loan. Okay? So are, there are things that, okay? But the principle of the scripture is this, is owe money to no one. Just owe them a hug. Owe them some love. Are you hearing the scriptures today? Okay? Don't buy things you don't need with money. I'm actually impressed with the response of the ladies in this service. Last service, I thought someone was going to attack me with a knife and kill me when I mentioned the shoes thing. Seriously, you, those that were in here, you, you heard it. You were with me. I mean, Camilla was getting ready to tackle people before they got up here. And the husbands, they wouldn't say nothing. So, oh, I don't know what he's talking about, babe. Buy all the shoes you want. Matter of fact, we'll go right after this. You want a new pair of shoes? 27's not enough? We'll get you 28. All right. Debt danger signs. Let me give you some debt danger signs. Living on credit rather than cash. Living on credit rather than cash. Okay? Really what it comes down to, it comes down to a self-control issue. The fruit of the Spirit 
is self-control. Okay. Comes back to self-control. So in other words, overspending is actually sin. Well, you lost me now. Dead danger signs. Paying minimum due amounts on your bills. Okay? Now let's just, let's just think about this for a minute. There's a reason why there's so many credit cards available and why they still exist today. It's because they know humanity lacks self-control. But not only that, the system's set up in such a way that they succeed and you lose. Now if you get to the place one day where you, you pay it off at the end of every month and you can rack up air miles, awesome. Okay? But that's your thought every time. I will pay this off at the end of the month. You've been saying that for 14 years. And it ain't happened. Okay? You just got revolving credit card accounts. Oh, that one has a lower interest rate. Let's. This is hitting home, huh? Quiet. Oh, I thought Caleb was going to come and attack me for a minute. Okay? Paying the minimum amount. Some, some danger signs. Having to take a second job. Having to take a second job. If you have to take a second job, okay, that's not a good position. Now, if you want to, I remember when I was single, I was working three jobs because I knew it was better for me to be working than it was to have all this free time because boys are evil. I know I am one, right? And I figured as long as I'm busy, okay, that's one thing, okay? But if you have to take a second job, okay, you've positioned yourself wrong. Okay, God wants you out of debt. Now, if you have to take a second job to pay for your wife's shoes, just bring her forward for prayer afterwards, okay? We'll lay hands on her and pray for her. Debt danger signs. Unable to give or to tithe. Unable to give or to tithe. God doesn't want you there, okay? Debt danger signs, here's one that, that a lot of people don't understand or realize, extravagant spending. Now, I'm not talking about extravagant spending got you into debt, although it did. I'm talking about you get to that place of debt, and it's just a big black hole, and you don't see any way out, so you just continue to spend extravagantly. Okay? Because there's no light at the end of the tunnel anyway. You're already in debt, so you just go buy this, put it on credit. Charge this, charge that. The unfair thing is this, is that if you actually, actually go and you submit yourself to a, a credit agency that merges all of your credit together and you try to pay it off, you will start getting hundreds of credit card applications in the mail. Why is that? Because they know that you like to use credit cards. And they don't care if you're in debt. You actually start getting more. Okay? It's not fair. I know it isn't. That's why you should owe nobody anything. Okay? Extravagant spending. I, I, I was working for uh, a guy one summer back, uh, I think I was just into college, just out of high school. And I was helping him lay, lay some tile. He had hired me just as a, you know, not that I really knew what I was doing, but figured if he told me how to do it, I could figure it out. Lay down the tile. Okay. And so I was doing this and, and uh, the side job and helping him out. And uh, we, we started one day. Two days later, we come back, and he had totally changed the tile. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? We've already laid this tile. He goes, yeah, I, I want this tile now. And I'm like, why? He goes, well, I just found out that I actually can't afford this place, so I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to declare bankruptcy. But in the bankruptcy I'm, I'm declaring, I'm actually going to be able to keep the house. So I figured, you know what? I might as well go get some really nice tile before I do it so that I have the tile I really want. He was a Christian, too. 
okay. Well, it wasn't anybody in this church, okay. It was in the church across the street. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. I know. Okay. Pull up Proverbs 16.7. I like this one. Proverbs 16.7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Is that a great scripture or what? When your ways please the Lord, God actually comes alongside and begins to work with you and for you and actually causes your enemies to be at peace with you. I love that scripture. If you actually begin to take your financial picture and surrender it to God and say, okay, God, I'm ready to do what pleases you with my finances. God will actually come alongside of you in your finances because your ways are pleasing him and he will help you. Are you with me? This is an exciting scripture. He will come alongside. Come on, he will rebuke those creditors in Jesus' name, right? He will come alongside. He will give you creative ideas. He will give you the strength to live within a budget, live within your means. He will actually come along. Why? Because you are making effort. I want my ways to please you, God, in my finances. And you begin to take the right steps. Okay? God comes alongside and begins to work supernaturally with you. This reminds me of the children of Israel in the Old Testament when they were in Egypt. Okay? If, if you understand scripture, you know that Egypt was a foreshadow or a typology of the world system. Egypt in the Old Testament, world system now. Okay? The people of God, the children of God, let's call them Christians, were stuck in Egypt, stuck in the world system. All of a sudden now, God raised up a man named Moses to lead them out of the world's system, the world's way of thinking, the world's way of doing things. Okay? He comes alongside. This is what God wanted. God wanted them to leave behind the world. And check this out. They actually had taskmasters, people over them, okay, that were ruling them. They were being ruled by the world system. God said, I want freedom for you. Raises up Moses. Moses leads them out of Egypt, leads them out of the world system. Okay, now check this out. They begin to apply faith to their circumstance. It took them a while. Okay, God had to bring those, those ten signs. Okay. Stirring the people of God, the children of God, okay? They had to take a step of faith, and they had to leave the world system. As they did that, okay, God came alongside them, parted the Red Sea. What's he doing? Their ways were pleasing him. He was causing the enemies. Are you with me today, okay? To, now, check this out. When they left, this is the cool part. When they left, the Bible says they left rich, because they got to go through, literally, the people of Egypt were giving them their riches and their wealth. Okay? Why? Because when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Are you with me this morning? How many of you guys want to please the Lord in your finances? Awesome. Okay? How many of you guys want to get unstuck and be debt free? Okay? Those that didn't raise your hand, you probably won't be. Okay? But if you want to be, let me tell you something, you can be. Okay, by the grace of God, through faith, and more importantly, through wisdom. Let me give you five things real quickly, and we'll be done today. Getting out of debt. How am I going to do it? Pastor, help me out. Talk to me. I want some steps that I can apply. Okay? Number one, tithe. 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 Oh, see. I knew it. 
We're all in debt, and he wants us to give money. Okay? I don't. God does. Okay? God does. When your ways please the Lord. Turn with me to Malachi real quick. Malachi 3. Malachi 3. And now some people would say, oh, see, Malachi, that's the Old Testament. Well, the reason there's an Old Testament and a New Testament is because no one was obeying the Old Testament. It's true. No one was obeying the Old Testament, so God got ticked off and he just stopped talking altogether. That's why we have what's known as the intertestamental period, about 400 years, where God said nothing. The reason there's a new covenant is because no one listened to the old covenant. Well, yeah, but he set it up before time, before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. Yeah, because he knew we wouldn't listen to the old covenant. Well, now you're getting into predestination and all that, whatever. Are you a Calvinist or an Arminian? You'll never figure it out. Sometimes I don't even know what I am. (laughs) Someone told me this week, they said, hey, believe like a Calvinist, but preach like an Arminianist. Yeah, you'll figure that one out later. You're like, what are you talking about right now? <laughs> People are going to Google it when they go home. Watch. <laughs> Malachi 3, verse 8. Okay, talking about tithe. Talking about tithe. Last book of the Old Covenant. Said these words and then said nothing else. Listen to this. Will man rob God? And the obvious response would be, no, hopefully. <laughs> Someone's like, yes. Now, no. Sure question. Okay. Will a man rob God? Well, obviously, we know. But then God says, yet you are robbing me. But God, how are we robbing you? In your tithes and your contributions. Oh, you're that kind of a God, huh? I knew it. You are cursed with a curse. For you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe. Here's what you've got to do now. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. Now listen, this is what God's going to do for you. Yay? If I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. That's where God wants you to live. Man, my needs are provided, but guess what? Look at all this abundance I have. Oh man, I'm going to give it away and I'm going to bless other people. Okay? That's where God, now check this one out though. Okay? It doesn't stop there. It gets good. Guess what else he'll do? I will rebuke the devourer for you. Yeah, rebuke those creditors, God. You know, rebuke the people that are after my money. Rebuke the fact that my car keeps breaking down. Rebuke the, you know, okay? The devourer. The devourer is is, is talking about, apparently there was a pest that would come at that time and would literally begin to ravage the crops and ruin the crops and take it before they got to it. The devourer, okay? Bring the tithe. He rebukes the devourer. Here's what God spoke to me while I was getting ready for this series or this message. That some of you have come in and you have taken the tithe challenge. Okay, I'm going to put God to the test. I'm going to tithe. Okay? And you, you start tithing and your financial picture gets actually worse. Here's why. He's coming in and he's rebuking the devourer because you're the one that's devouring your own finances. Think about it. Oh, we got a tithe. Awesome. The windows of heaven are going to be opened up. Great blessings. Read the next part. He's going to rebuke the devourer. The reality is, is that most of us 
are in the financial circumstance and situation we're in, not because of somebody else, but because of our own choices. You're the one devouring. See, no one wanted to hear that one. You were all excited. Rebuke the devourer. Open up the windows of heaven. Woo! Why would God open up the windows of heaven and pour out more blessings upon you to devour? This is hitting home, huh? Okay. Well, I needed another pair of sunglasses. I just had to have these shoes. I just needed to get. No, you didn't. Okay. You're devouring your own finances. God wants you to be, I better move on because people are, people are getting upset. Never coming back there. The biggest problem in your finances is you. It's not creditors. Oh, the interest rates on this credit card are so high, I can't believe it. Well, why did you use it? Well, she needed a new pair of shoes, Pastor. <laughs> Number one, tithe. Tithe. And please don't get mad at me. Just giving you the Bible. Get mad at God. Okay. Number two, the big B word. Budget. Budget. You are not going to get out of debt just with faith and hugs. I love you. Okay. You are going to get out of debt Tithe, yes, but you better have a budget. Luke talks about, Luke 14, 28, talks about counting the cost. Okay? If you're going to be a wise person and you're going to go into battle, first he's going to count the cost. So we have enough people to do this. Is this, okay? Uh, if, if you're a builder and you're going to build something, do you have enough material to finish it? Okay? You've got to count the cost. You've got to get a budget in place, a working budget to set yourself up for success. If you do not know how much is coming in every month, and going out every month, I guarantee you, you will find yourself in debt. You have to know, because you are called to be a steward first over your personal finances. How much is coming in? Down to the penny. How much is going out? Down to the penny. Know where that's at. If you are sitting here today, and you do not know where that's at, my challenge to you, number one, start tithing. Well, pastor, I'm so in debt, I, I, I can't tithe. No, I'm telling you right now, you're so in debt, you better start tithing. I mean, are you, if you're just throwing money away anyway, throw it away here. Right? Budget. Here's the thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, in all you're getting, get what? Get wisdom. Okay, wisdom. It's not just enough to apply faith. You better get wisdom. Is it wise for me to spend the money I'm spending it? Is it wise for me to spend it this way? You need to lay out your budget and say, okay, how am I spending money in unwise ways? If you have, I'll be honest with you, okay? If you have large debt, especially credit card debt, I better never see you at Starbucks buying a Starbucks coffee. Now, I, I'm saying this because these are areas I'm being challenged in. That's why I love, like, birthdays, because I get Starbucks gift cards. I got $125 worth of Starbucks gift cards last year. I was like, yes. 
That's awesome, okay? But me and my wife, we just recently clamped down on our budget, okay? And we only go buy coffees out on Mondays. It's our date day, okay? That's it. She gets one, I get one, okay? That's $8 that day. That's still a lot of money. That's $32 a month, okay? But I've learned something, okay, through my wife. My wife's smart, okay? I'm like an extremist. I like look at the budget, and I'm like, we are never having coffee ever out anywhere in the world. From now on, if we can't make it, we don't have it. That's my mentality, okay? Hey, let's try to do this. Let's try to not eat out one time in this whole entire year. Seriously, that's my mentality, okay? My wife's like, hey, babe, why don't we try this? Why don't we look how many times we ate out last month and say, that's way too much. And then why don't we just cut it in half this next month? Baby steps. Baby, I'm a big man. I don't know anything about baby steps. <laughs> I just want to. Right? Okay. Come up with a budget, a working budget, okay? And begin to put it into place. This is really good. Thank you. Okay, wisdom. Apply wisdom. Here's, here's a great working budget, okay? When you can get there. Some people say, hey, is it better for me to save or is it better for me to take that and pay off the credit card? It's far better for you to take that and pay off the credit card, okay? But once you get to that place, here's what a budget should look like. Live on 80%, tithe 10%, save 10%. We're seriously in a complete overhaul personally of our finances right now, and I'm so excited about it. it we have a goal right now to be completely debt-free by the end of 2014. That's our goal, completely debt-free. No more student loans, no more mortgages. We're just, we're, we're going, we're, we're, we're trying to get there, okay? Um, but it's not just going to happen because I pray about it. It's going to happen as I apply wisdom. Good message. Get creative. Get creative with your budget. List all that you own. List all that you owe. Sell some things you own to pay off things you Oh, okay. I, I told guys in the first, guys, here's a great idea, okay? Get your, get your wife a, a Starbucks gift card. Send her with a book you already own, so you don't have to buy one, okay? Hey, you just need to get away to Starbucks, and, and then go through and get all of her shoes together <laughs> and have a sale, okay? You will be able to pay off your mortgage that day, <laughs> all right? Okay, I want you to be happily married, so don't do that, but okay, get creative, get creative. We had to get creative this summer for ourselves. Um, you know, we, we're going up to Washington. Not an extravagant vacation, but we have family up there, okay? And so we, we, we want to do this because grandma and grandpa keep buying the grandkids stuff and, and expect them to come up. And so they got them a horse, okay? And then the, a few months ago, they bought them a four-wheeler. They didn't even bought me a four-wheeler, okay? They bought the kids. They're not even old enough to drive, right? So we're going up there, and they're excited about it. So we said, okay, we're taking them up. We go. Let's look for flights. First flight comes back, 1400 bucks for four of us. Look at the budget. No. Not even there. Not in the budget. Okay? Keep searching. We got it all the way down to $796 for all four of us to fly up there. Okay? Now, we have to stuff our kids in bags and check them in. <laughs> but we figure if we just put some water bottles in there, they'll survive. Okay? Just okay? That was four tickets to fly up there, right? So we went back to the budget. We looked. No, nope, not in the budget. So we're driving 18 hours because we found it to be cheaper to spend $366 in gas for a round trip, okay? But that's 18 hours. I know. That's what DVD players are for, right? Okay? Okay, you just don't give them sugar. 
right? Ritalin is a good idea. Um, totally kidding. Budget. 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 Some of you don't know what that word is, okay? It's a big bad B word. Okay, that's why right after the service, I'm going to ask if you need help financially, okay? There's a response card in your program. You pull that out and say, Pastor, here's where I'm struggling, okay? We're going to, and, and no one else will know about it, okay? But we're going to, we're going we're gonna to call you and say, hey, look, would you be interested in a class on how to strategically set up a budget? The reality is a lot of people don't know how to budget. People think budgeting is just balancing their checkbook. Okay? At least hopefully you're doing that, okay? But that's not a budget. We want to help you, okay? For some of you that are in need of, uh, of jobs and you're just struggling, man, and you have it, here's the thing. If, if I lost my job, <laughs> God forbid, I don't know how to get another job because it's been so long, all right? I wouldn't know how to even write a resume right now. I'm Ben. I'm really cool. <laughs> You're hired. Sweet. You know, I don't know, okay? So maybe you've been out of that for a while and you don't know how to write. We'll, we'll, we'll help you with that, okay? We want to be here to help you. Number three, real quickly, negotiate. Negotiate with banks, creditors, okay? Yourself. What do I need to give up? Negotiate. Call them. Talk to them. Tell them you love them. Okay? Work with them. Okay? Find a way to, 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 to pay off what you owe. Number four, be generous. What? Be generous. That's the place we're striving for. Be generous. Check out this one. Proverbs 19.17. Proverbs 19.17. Do we have that one or did we not have that one? Pull it up. Proverbs 19.17. Here it is. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. That is awesome. Is that not a good one? Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his deeds. How many of you guys want to live there, right? Man, you're generous, and God is, is a big God, and he's got a lot of resources, and he can just funnel that right back into you. Now listen to me. Don't be generous on your credit card. Oh, I'll get that one for you. All right, God. Pay it off, please. You just bought a $4 coffee. You owe $20,000 on that thing. Okay? Do you know that the average household credit card debt is right around $14,500? Some of you are sitting there like, that ain't me. I know. That's how scary it is. I mean, some people are like $28,000. Okay? God wants you to get debt free. Okay, lastly, and we'll finish right here. Number five, persist. 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 Listen to me. For us to get our, our uh, financially free by the end of 2014, it's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us something. I love my little beautiful condo in Little Italy. It's awesome. Lived there for four years. My daughter's great memories. But you know what? For us to get debt free, we're probably going to have to sell it and get rid of it. But man, it's, yeah, you know. We're actually right side up on it, but if we want to get totally debt free... We get rid of it. We pay off everything. That, that, that's going to be a great feeling. Student loans. Student loans. People used to tell, oh, student loans is not a big deal. I'm tired of student loans. I've been out of school for a long time. <laughs> I'm trying to think about how I'm going to put my daughters through school, and I'm still paying off my school, right? Okay? I hate them. Can't stand them. Okay? But they made me really smart, so I'm here today. Persist. 
persist. Listen to me. If you really want to apply the truth of God's word and you really want to get into a working budget, listen to me, a working budget should hurt. A working budget should do this. You got everything in order. Man, there's something over here you really want. Rather than reaching for your credit card, it now becomes a goal. Like, man, I need to start saving for that. See, too many of us, it's too easy to just be like, oh, yeah, I want that. I need that. We talk ourselves into things we need that we really don't need. Okay? And let me just tell you something. There ain't nothing wrong with a goodwill or the Salvation Army. I like the Salvation Army better because if you don't have money to pay for it, they'll actually give it to you. Let's be honest. If you're going to those places, the reality is you probably can't afford a whole lot. Well, thank God for the Salvation Army then, right? That, that's a pretty cool deal. That I think they're applying some scriptures there. Okay? But man, this, this, this thing right here becomes way too easy. Okay? And now they, they, they have this game, Life Twists and Turns. How many of you guys have ever heard it or played it? Okay? My kids love that game, and I'm freaking out about it. I'm like scared. Because it's not the old school money. It's a credit card. Here's my daughter, seven-year-old. I want to play Life Twist and Turns. Sweet, I like that $1.5 million on plastic. Okay. Listen to me, okay? If you want to get out of debt, okay, stop using this. Unless you're to a place of financial freedom and you're using it properly. Is there a proper way to use them? Yes, if you can actually get there. Truly use it and pay it off at the end of the month. Then you get free air miles and you wouldn't have to drive to Seattle. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm learning something through this as well. Okay. God wants to get you to a place where you are blessed, where you have enough to, to cover your needs and some to give away. You can be there whether you're making $1,000 a month or $10,000 a month. And listen to me. Just because someone's rolling around in a brand new Mercedes making $190,000 you know, a year does not mean they're debt free. Don't confuse the two. Okay? Because there are some homeless people on the street right now that are debt free. Come on, somebody. Okay? Okay? God wants to get you to that place of financial freedom where you are literally a walking blessing. You are indebted to nobody. You owe nobody anything. But, man, you are free to contribute to the kingdom of God and build great riches in heaven. Come on, where raw moth and rust cannot destroy it. That's where God wants you to be. But it's going to be hard work. But I'm telling you right now, church, if you begin to put the plan in action and you begin to persist, you'll get there. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is amazing. And Lord, I pray we would take these amazing principles that are in your word and apply them to our financial picture. God, I pray, Lord, for those that are parents in here right now that have children. Lord, that they would not wait, but they would begin to teach their children financial principles today. God, your word declares to raise up a child in the way they should go, so when they get older, they won't depart from it. And I pray that those that have 10, 11, 12-year-olds, that they would begin to instill these principles in their life so that the next generation... God could be blessed. Hallelujah.